comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Walking Dead TV podcast. Yes, we planned on being back earlier, but you know, the holidays, family, people moved, people were sick, all that kind of Running stuff. Running away happened, from but zombies. We're back. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I am Jordan from Jersey, and I'm joined tonight by Mr. Aaron North, Mr. Russell Latham, and Chub Toad Shelton. How you guys doing? Great. Fantastic. Good. Tonight, just a warning, normally, for those of you who haven't heard the show before, which by the way, welcome, we don't discuss comic book spoilers. We talk about the show. If something that happened in the book happens on the episode we just watched, we'll mention it. But generally, we stay 100% away from comic book spoilers. Until this now. This episode is an exception. Uh, we've done this a few times before where we'll talk about a specific arc from the comics, and that's what we're doing tonight. We're discussing uh, Volume 20 of the Trade Paperbacks, All Out War. This uh, took place in issues 115 to 120 of the comics, uh, which is uh, fairly recent, last year or two, so... If you're behind on the comics, if you don't want to hear any comic book spoilers, um, be warned, we will be talking about characters that are dead on the show but still alive in the comics, characters that are um, alive in the show and have since died in the comics, and characters who may be alive but their status quo is radically different in the comic than it is in the show. So this is your last chance. If you don't want those spoilers, uh, cut out now, and we'll be back to talk to you very soon about The Walking Dead TV show. But for those of you who are current in the comics or simply don't mind spoilers and want to hear a fun story, well, stick around. And now I will send it over to Russ, who will be leading us through our discussion of All Out War. Part one. Part one. One, one, one. Of two. Of two. (laughs) Guys, Rick lost an arm. I mean, (laughs) did you know this? That was crazy, right? Like 70 issues earlier than but I, You know. Yeah, so let's get these spoilers just, out of the you way. You just wanted to say that for so long, you finally get to bust out with it. Rick is missing one of his hands. Carl's missing one of his eyes. Uh, Carl's missing a good portion of his face. Yeah, yeah, but he looks awesome. So. Yeah, chicks dig scars, guys. <laughs> That's one hell of a scar. It really is. Well, the chicks he got in those 70 issues beforehand, I don't know. <laughs> what other setup should we give here before we get into the story? Do you want to give the story of Negan, uh, Russ? Yeah. Explain who he is. That's a good way to go. First of yeah, all, it, is it Negan or is it Negan? I say Negan, but... That's what I, I say. Yeah, I, I, I I am impartial. I, I call him mother... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those kinds of shows. Okay. Uh, no, no, don't give me too much to edit. <laughs> well, dude, uh, there's some scenes in here that uh, are going to be very hard to discuss without words. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, the villain, Negan, Negan, whatever you want to call him, he has, he has a way with the English language, specifically one word that we have to bleep when we, when we say it. So yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting. And it's not fudge. It's the king daddy of all swear words. Yeah. So Nagin is like the new governor on steroids, where the governor, he's he's kind very... literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like significantly yeah. bigger than the governor. He's, he's almost like... I, I, I sometimes think Nagin is... If Kirkman could go back and, and have a do-over with the governor, it's Nagin. Um... I think the governor was a lot more twisted. Nagin is just a lot more brutal, and he stuck around for quite a while longer. Uh, Nagin's been with us for quite some time. This is, what, the third or fourth volume now with Nagin Na- in it? Nagin and showed been... up in issue like 98 or 99, something like that. And he had been mentioned for issues and issues before right. that. Like, you knew he was on the horizon. Right, and they and they had a big Walking Dead promo. It was like Lucille was coming, and uh, pr- prior to uh, to that arc, I forget. Uh, it was the 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 one leading up to one hundred. Well, one hundred is where we got to experience the full force of Lucille. Right, something to fear. Covered issue covered issue one hundred. Uh, a lot of big doing. So, so Nagin made his. They kept having the promos. Lucille is coming. It led a lot of people to speculation as to what Lucille was, uh, or who, <laughs> or who. Right? Uh, you know, some people thought maybe it was like a play on Christine, that it was a car, or some sort of. Um, uh, I, anyway, there were a lot of speculation uh, towards it, and it turns out what Lucille is is Nagin's right hand woman, the only woman he quote unquote ever loved. Um, and Lucille is a baseball bat bound with barbed wire. Uh, and she's a vampire bat. Yes, yes. She's kind of cute in a way. Sure, sure. Uh, this will probably be the biggest spoiler that we give throughout the entire episode. Uh, but Lucille was used to beat Glenn to death in a very horrific and uh, upsetting way in in issue number one hundred. Uh, it was it was probably the most upsetting. Strangely, it was more upsetting to me than uh, than issue forty eight, uh, which I won't get into the specifics of that, um, which is, is is odd. But I think it's just because at that time we had gone a hundred issues with basically a hundred issues with Glenn. He had you know I think the show him being so well liked on the show uh, had a lot to do with that too. So his death in the comic really just kind of. Uh, I, I didn't was, take too well to it. it yeah, I'm the same way. I'm still not over it. And I also thought it was just such a terrible timing because it just so happens that the day issue 100 released was the day they were having the big press panel for the upcoming season, I think season three of Walking Dead, and people were asking Stephen Yun about what happened. He's like, what do you mean, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even know yet. So, yeah, it, it, and I still think it was a mistake. I mean, we're going to lose characters that we like a lot in this book. Um, you know, I was very partial to Dale back when and when we lost him, you know, that. but Glenn just seemed, it's like Glenn, Rick, Maggie, and Carl and Michonne, those characters just seem like they should never be gone. 
at the same time, though, I mean, that's part. I mean, besides being the appeal of The Walking Dead, where you have main characters that could be, you know, taken away, going a hundred episodes, a hundred episodes, a hundred issues. I mean, regardless of who they chose, choosing a, a major character like Glenn makes a ton of sense. And no, I'm not. I wasn't happy with it because Glenn, as I've said many times on this podcast, is my rock. Like he's he's the one I can depend on to be Glenn. Yeah, he doesn't really fluctuate in terms of character, which may not be the greatest thing in terms of growth, but at least I have someone I can depend on to be the same person. Whereas Rick is like all over the place sometimes, and you know, so on and so forth. So seeing him die, that left me quite heartbroken because I love Glenn so much. Um, and, and let's most, face it, 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 all the characters are living on borrowed time at this point. Anybody who's yeah. been around since issue, you know, the first arc is living on very borrowed time. Well, that's why they're the Walking Dead, you know. And I mean, sure. I know it made sense for a major character to go, but did it have to be Glenn? Couldn't it have been Maggie? Um, you know, I, it doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> right. So Negan, Negan's kind of been bad news. I mean, at this point, the group has kind of found its home. Uh, they found other survivor communities, and they kind of engaged in a bit of trade with each other. Uh, so, you know, there's there's different communities that are able to provide uh, different materials and food, and, and they have their own little thing of commerce going on. Uh, and Negan's deal is he's like the modern-day enforcer. He will ensure that you're safe. Uh, for half of everything you have, and he, and for you know he, it's just like the mob, uh, right? You know they make you pay him X amount, and they'll make sure your windows don't get broken or your. Him and his guys are the grasshoppers from a bug's life. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Jordan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and before Rick's group comes along, there's the hilltop people, and then there's Ezekiel's kingdom. I forget exactly what his kingdom is called. Those but, two things you just said are like the most craziest, ridiculous things you could say to anyone that doesn't read these. Comics. Oh, by the way, did we mention <laughs> that Ezekiel is king of his own little area and he has a yes. pet tiger? Because he does. He has a pet tiger Shiva. named Shiva. Yeah. <laughs> which is insane. So recap, um, there's the hilltop people and Ezekiel, king of the lands, who has a pet tiger. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and it all makes sense in and, context. And this and is Nag- The Walking Dead. And Negan taxes them 50% of their supplies every week, I think. Something month. like that, yeah. And then, but then a heroic inventor ant comes along. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. With one arm. Voiced by Woody Allen, or is that ants? That's ants. It's voiced by <laughs> to uh, be, what's news, news radio. What's his name? Uh, Dave Foley. Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, Aaron, he has two arms. He's just missing his Sorry, hand. a hand. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so Maggie, at this point, Maggie and Sophia, because Glenn is gone, they decide to go to the hilltop community. They want things to be a little more simple. They're, I think they just want to be separated from, especially Maggie. She she wants to try and forget and and be able to do her own thing. Uh, so that and the that, hilltop is led by Gregory, who's kind of wishy washy yeah, and yeah. he he he's he's kind of pathetic and he's a wimp and he'll do anything to stay safe, which means bowing to, you know, the bad guys if it means you know that he won't die or have like, to work. He's like the comic book Herschel with no spine. Right. <laughs> right. He looks a lot like Herschel, specifically. That, too, yeah. So at the at the end of, of Volume 19, uh, th- there's a bit of a skirmish that takes place. Uh, Rick, uh, the, Negan shows up. Things don't go exactly too well. Rick feels like this is their only opportunity they're going to have to be able to, to kill Negan. Um, Andrea goes up into, a uh, like, a tower. She tries to take a shot off. She doesn't hit Negan, but hits one of his crew. 
things start to get out of hand, and Ezekiel shows up with his tiger, uh, which causes Negan to kind of back off. But at this point, it's pretty clear that war is coming. And so vo- Volume 19 was March to War. Volume 20 is All Out War Part 1, uh, which is where we'll start. Uh, one other thing, uh, I'll, I'll mention it when we get into it, but um, but as Jordan said, this is Volume 20 of the Trade Paperback. Um, I guess this will be what, uh, you've got the hardcover, Aaron. Is this the second half of Volume the volume ten. Of 10, yeah, 10 yeah. hardcover. Um, so depending on how you read it, this is either volume 10 of the hardcover, volume 20 of the trade paperback, or issues 115 to 120. So also, I, I should point out that I should point out that the for I'm one that reads the hardcovers. I think I say this on the podcast often, and I'm on hardcover 10 and chap. Chapter 20, All Out War Part 1, is the second half of Volume 10, meaning that I can't read Part 2 until the next yeah. hardcover comes out. Which should be shortly. I would hope, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, because I know they've... Um, uh, Image had a sale a couple weeks ago. Um, I've still been getting the physical uh, trades as they come out, but I didn't get um, Volume 22. And I think 22 was on that uh, that digital sale that uh, the humble bundle that Image had, uh, so I'll actually be able to keep to keep on reading, which is which is nice. Um, so I wanted to mention too for those that are if you go out to look for it, besides just the trade number 20, there is a cool um, that highlights Charlie Adler's uh, pencils and everything like that, but it's got both part one and part two in it as well. Uh, definitely very cool yeah that's that's the other thing to mention is for the first time in the history of the walking dead the book went um semi-monthly so two issues a month came out charlie adler penciled them all which is pretty insane um but he didn't ink them all so he had another inker come in to help him out so adler just did the pencils uh rathburn still did the gray tones for volume 20 uh stefano guadino guadiano hope sorry butchering your name too much um, was the anchor on these issues. So in order for Adler to kind of speed things up, which I understand he's a, he's a pretty peppy uh, artist to begin with, um, uh, you know, the delays on this book have been more Kirkman than they have been Adler, from what I understand. Uh, so Adler was working his tail off for, for a solid year there. And I'd say the art holds up. I don't think you can really tell any difference no. in the art, there, so good on him. Yeah, there's a couple pages. I, I, I have in my notes where I kind of point them out. Um, uh, but but I'll, I'll, I'll mention them when we get to There's it. There's a few areas that the ink seem a little lighter than what his hand usually has. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, the yeah the couple of instances I have are more just the 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 actual character drawings. But uh, but yeah, I've got I've got a at least one instance for sure that that I'll point out. Um, so the issue picks. Or so the, this trade picks up with. Uh, oh, another big uh, a big item that's changed. Rick and Andrea are now an item. Because uh, she's the, still alive in the books and awesome. Yes, yes, very much. Brown chicken, uh, brown cow. Yeah, uh, book Andrea, in my opinion, is light years ahead of of um, TV show Andrea. No one's and, disagreeing with you on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and they are quite the item. Uh, Andrea's pretty much moved in with Rick at this point. They were kind of keeping it on the down low for a little while because uh, of Carl. Because of Carl, yeah. Because of Coral. Coral. Um, Coral. But uh, it's pretty much out in the open now, and I think everybody's okay with it. Especially uh, Carl. Especially, yeah, especially Carl. Carl's also awesome. 
<laughs> yes. He's kind of what the show has done a good job of like bringing him to this point, but Carl in the comics has been awesome for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh so Rick realizes at this point too, he's kind of talking to Andrea when when he gets up that uh Negan ha- Negan has to die. That there's there's just no two ways about it. Uh you know, Andrea sees it as they've been at war at the begin since the beginning. Rick is kind of similar to his TV show counterpart. He kind of waxed and waned as far as taking the leadership role and pulling back and having his moments of doubt. So I, I could see where he hasn't really seen it as this constant war uh, from the beginning because he's kind of had his moments. Less so in the comic, I think, than the TV show. Um, but Andrea, you know, Andrea has been on the front lines literally uh since the beginning so you know she she sees it a little differently um and and like i said rick rick realizes that that negan has to die which is you know rick can be hardcore at times but this is probably the most hardcore i think rick has been i mean he knows that it's all or nothing i mean they they literally have to have to be a unified front and go after him Otherwise, there's no way that they're going to survive this. Well, like he says, it's a credible threat. I mean, it's 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 not small potatoes here. I mean, this this Negan character is not not one that I don't know how long they would live with this person in their life. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm pretty sure somewhere in this book, um, Rick mentions, you know, it's about time I started living by my rule of "you kill, you die." Yeah, yeah, I've got that. That yeah, later on he'll he'll he'll. Mention that in a pretty profound way. So then we cut over to Michonne, who has started shacking up with Ezekiel. And I think Ezekiel sees it more that something may be going on. Michonne is trying to play it off as just kind of a, you know, thing of convenience, which she's done in the past. Uh, but I think, I, I think she's, whereas in the past, I think it's been uh, a little more. Uh, casual. I think in in this instance, she's trying to play it off as casual, and she's maybe realizing that it's that it's not as casual as she thinks it is. I just wonder if their dreadlocks hook up like the Navi and Avatar. <laughs> uh, it's also worth noting, probably, that Ezekiel, <laughs> when he's performing his kingly duties, as it were, he kind of uh, affects this Middle English, fakey Renaissance fair type speech pattern that he drops when he's around her like this is the one place where you really see him talking like a normal person and normally he's putting on this kind of show he he almost kind of plays kind of plays up to his people that he might be a little bit crazy even though he's not it's just kind of his way of it's his act it helps him inspire his, his people so to say like i mean he's He's in a position of power, and he likes to present himself as the kind of person that can hold on to that power. And if that means people believe in a person that seems a little crazy, but at least seems to like be in control and you know be able to wield a, a tiger and things of that nature, they can buy into that more so than just some average Joe that's saying that they can do things differently than the other guys and do it better. Well, exactly. I, which I he, like, which is like part of why I like Ezekiel. I like seeing the different shades of him. Well, and like you know, he's very much he doesn't. Um, interact with his public that much they interact Mm -hmm. through this Richard character which is like his right hand or whatever Mm -hmm. who if you're looking at the page looks like he's drawn like Negan it confused me at first when I first read this they're both big white guys yeah to to, um to to step back a bit about for to Michonne and, and Ezekiel but to Michonne 
I do like this. I like that. I mean, it's something the show's been reflecting too, just because they didn't realize that Denai Guerrero is a good actress. It's that you can humanize a character like this. You don't have to make her just badass all the time. And right. that's something we've seen in Michonne's evolution, both on the show and in this comic book. You see her, she doesn't want to use the sword all the time. She wants to be able to be a person and, you know, have that humanity back given that she's survived long enough. And I like seeing that. I mean, that also comes with the fact that I'm seeing a respectable adult relationship between two black characters in a comic book. I like that as well. That's a nice thing to see um, who have reasonable conversations and stuff. But I mean, in terms of character, from a character perspective, it's a, there's good work being done here. I mean, it, it is like, you know, it's all out war. It's the Rick show and, you know, Negan needs to die and everything. But with these supporting characters we're seeing, you know, we have Andrea, you have Michonne, you have other people we'll get to. I mean, there's, there's good, there's, there's good writing on the page here. There's people yeah. having actual conversations that I like. And, and we're kind of at that time now where in the in the book will do this from time to time where again the the dead are not the threat i mean they'll go through periods where they're trying to fortify a couple volumes back or several volumes back i guess at this point they kind of got into a community they built up these really good walls and the walkers had come through the walls which which caused all kinds you know again that was the threat now we're back at the humans are the threat and the walkers it's almost like the humans are manipulating the walkers to act as an army against each other uh, they're which, like chemical warfare that's exactly what like exactly. they're like they're like chemical warfare or, or weather like that's right, how they're no, being used in this <laughs> that's, book that's like, a great that's way literally how they're that being is a great, used. <laughs> that is a great way to put it that is that is a great way to it's put like it it's like they're like mustard gas in the trenches during yes. the wars. <laughs> that's, what, that's how they're used yeah and a side note here is i think that this is how the offshoot series of walking dead is going to be it's going to be more just threats between people with the walkers being kind of background at least that's what i've read so i think that i'm wondering if the direction our show is going now is going to maybe we won't even see negan in that show maybe that'll be in the spinoff we'll see yeah um so back, uh, Rick goes back down into this, uh, I guess it's a factory, workshop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and his crew, they've found a way, they've got machinery to make bullets, uh, which is awesome. So one of the things that, you know, they worry about, you know, things being scarce is ammunition. Uh, and they basically found their own way to manufacture a ton of ammo, um, which is a key plot point because now they could be free... You know they could free wheel with the with the gunfire, right? I mean, before it was like conserve your ammo, don't make a lot of noise. So now, when they really get into it, they they're at least in a spot where they could just fire at will and not have to worry about it because they've you know they've been stockpiling up. And you can see in this uh, in this kind of half three quarter page spread that we've got boxes, you know, where we see boxes and boxes of ammo being put together. And it makes Eugene super important again because he's the main yes. guy right. who's uh, you know redoing the ammo, which is nice. Those who don't read the book should know that Eugene is you know he's a super badass and he's never been wrong ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking in an, in the story arc before this, he actually went off on his own, didn't he? Or he took someone with him and went and got a lot of this equipment. It was something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, they they found the technology they had needed yeah. to recase the bullets, and then they they decided probably better if this is inside of our walls and not in a place where it can be attacked by Negan and his forces. It's more definitely been the best contribution from Eugene, and makes up for his earlier. Um, well, he wasn't ever wrong, but you know what I'm saying. 
Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And at this point, Abraham is is gone. Uh, Abraham is dead, and so that's kind of reinvigorated Eugene to want to do something positive. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, much like in the comic, I mean, Eugene was the champion, or uh, Abraham was Eugene's champion, uh, you know, and kind of believed in, in what was going on. So, uh, you know, so his death impacted Eugene in, in that way. So at this point, uh, Rick has kind of organized everybody from the different communities, uh, like we mentioned earlier, to, to start this to get this war rolling and to get things going. Um, and he, he out, outside the, the compound there, gives this rousing speech um, about uh, what they're going to do, how they have to work together, um, you know, and, and just, just kind of your typical, uh, you know, guy standing above everybody giving his, you know, Independence Day speech. You know, this is like the Bill Pullman Independence Day speech uh, portion of the, of the comic. Good morning. Yeah. So he's getting ready to head out with with his you know quote unquote army. Uh, Andrea is staying behind with Carl, and uh, you know she's just making him understand that you know Carl's not staying behind because he's weak. Uh, that Carl's staying behind because he he can defend this this community and help out. And Andrea is staying behind because she's weak. You know she uh, she got into a fight at the top of that tower. Uh, she got beat up pretty bad, so she's not really in top form. Uh, but even them staying behind makes them, by default, the most badass people currently staying at the place behind. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Carl well, didn't buy it at first. You know, he thought she was just messing with him. Um, but it, but it's true. Um, Rick's attitude towards Carl at this point uh, is is very very different than uh, than it's been before. You know, and kind of as it's turning in, into in the show. I mean, Rick realizes now that. Carl has to has to learn how to be tough. He has to learn how to take care of himself, and he has the ability to do so. And to be an equal contributor to the group, you know, and not just uh, dependent of his. And even though I think Carl, both in the show and the comic, for a long time has felt he was that way, it's only recently in the book that Rick kind of sees him as a grown-up part of this community and not just his kid. Right. So the the Rick's group takes off. Uh, they show up at Nagin's place, and there's just a really awesome double page spread uh, that we get of Rick in front of the group uh, with his gun raised up, firing off twice, and two buses in the background, a bunch of uh, you know metal racks and vehicles, uh, and the whole crew. I mean, Ezekiel's up there in front. Michonne's got the sword out. Everybody's ready to, you know, it's almost like a, a, a gang, you know, something out of like the Warriors or something like that. We haven't, and, met, yeah, it's a great example, by the way, the Warriors. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a perfect example. Uh, we have mentioned Jesus, by the way, who I love. I love that character. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, whatever you, I think, I think they call him Jesus, probably. Um, but I, I, he's an awesome character. Yes. Yeah. He has an, he has some awesomeness uh, <laughs> towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to is. offer this two-page spread as like a, a lithograph or a poster you can buy because this is just awesome. Yeah, it's like the show gets there like in real out and then they would make like a comparison piece or something like that. All that be sure. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see Jesus, I call him Jesus, but Jesus, okay. which whichever, whichever, tomato, tomato. I always think of. Do you ever? Do you guys watch that show, Falling Skies? Yes. You Pope. I always. I just see yeah. the actor. The actor that plays Pope. I see playing. Uh, playing Jesus. Well, you know, Falling Skies ends next season, so it, yes. <laughs> in a couple years from now when they get to this character of the show. <laughs> that would be awesome. Throwing it out to Colin Cunningham, I believe is his name. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He's very good on Falling Skies. I like him a lot. 
Um, so, so anyway, so Rick, Rick and crew are out there. They're in front of the gates, uh, and he calls Negan out. Uh, you know, he's ready. He's ready to go. And Negan is like, "This guy, <laughs> this guy, exactly. uh, yeah, <laughs> this this guy again. Another yeah. one of these <laughs> again with him." Uh, but he offers Negan a deal. If if he he'll let them let the women and children go, and him and his crew can surrender. And Negan is like, okay, let me get this straight. So you want me to let the women and children go, and we surrender ourselves. So you can kill us, uh, and everything will be great. And we'll we'll have the the pleasure of knowing that our families got to live. Um, and Rick Rick pretty much says, yeah, that's uh, that's that's how that's how this is gonna go. Um, and this is when Rick basically says, yeah, I'm going back to my method, you know, my methodology that. Um, if if you kill you die you know that that's that's how things were in the beginning uh, that's how that's how it needs to be um and uh you know nagan of course the one thing that gets wears on me thin with nagan i guess we'll talk about it now is is just the like sometimes i think he could be a a smarter written character but sometimes the dialogue with him just gets on my nerves. Like it's just like, ooh, let's see how many crazy ways he's gonna drop the f bomb. You know, it's just it it gets so it's like so overused. And and part of it I know is that's the whole point. Like this guy is just is just so crazy and and not crazy, but just so unfiltered. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, but it's it's almost like a. a I don't know. I can't. I can't even describe it. But I don't know. There's just times where I'm. Just I, like, I know what you mean because I'm I have exactly, enough. It's like okay, enough. I, yeah, because I'm numb to it at this point. That's how bad it is. And I, yeah. I don't. I don't particularly like Negan. It's not a matter of. I think he's an effective villain, but it's not even like a matter. It's not like a, a villain I hate so much that I like him or find him entertaining. I just don't really like this person at all. So I just really want to see yeah. him. I not think be a lot around anymore <laughs> of what it is, and maybe this is why you're experiencing that, Russ. Is you know he's written mostly as a sociopath. Yes, and that, but then he steps outside of that sometimes and goes to full psychopath. So you know it's kind of if and or what, what is what is it that he's wanting to represent here? And I think it's just Kirkman's way of getting out some anger issues. <laughs> Maybe so, but it just it it just. I guess just because when he usually has some kind of tirade, it usually goes on for quite some time. And I, I don't know. I just, I find myself even kind of skimming past a lot of it. Cause I'm like, I get the point. He's just cursing just, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you know, cursing doesn't bother me at all. So I don't want people to think that, that that's, that's my issue. It's, it's just like, it's so over the top that it just, it just grinds on me after a while. It needs to make sense to the story and it does to a and, point, but then he goes overboard. Yeah, and I, I think that's the point. Obviously, when I mean Kirkman, it's not like the whole book is poor is poorly written. So the fact that this guy is written this way, it's it's obviously intentional and meant and meant to be. He's kind of like a parody of himself. Um, the other thing is, I tend to read this in since I read it in trade. I tend to read it and pretty much I sit down and I read it in one sitting. Like it's very rare that uh, there's not many trades when I read them. I actually sit down and read them all in one shot. Uh, but Walking Dead consistently is one I read in one shot, and so I think that has a lot to do with it too. If if I didn't, if I took it in smaller chunks, it probably wouldn't I wouldn't notice it as much. But when I'm reading, you know, 130 pages in you know an hour, hour and a half, 
you know, the, it, it sticks out a lot more. I read it as it comes out, and I experience the same thing. So it, gotcha. I think it's either or. So just as Rick is about to uh, lay down the hammer and uh, Nagin is about to respond, uh, he rolls out uh, Gregory and... Negan Greg- does. I'm sorry? Negan does. Negan, rolls Negan does, Gregory. yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Negan rolls out Gregory. And Gregory, like we talked about before, is kind of this wishy-washy guy uh, on the hilltop. And uh, he comes out and basically says... Um, you know, uh, he, he he basically says the hilltop is with Nagin. You know, this is how it's going to be. And Nagin pretty much says, yeah, if, you know, if you're going to stand with this guy, then you're putting all your family and everyone at risk. Uh, and at this point, there's there's only there's eight me- that there's eight of them d- that decide they're going to go and head back to the hilltop. And Nagin is like mega pissed because. He felt, my understanding is he felt that there were more hilltop people there so that Rick's army, once the hilltop people left, would be would decimated. Diminish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't the case. So it was only eight people that left. And uh, at that point, Nagin's kind of hacked off at Gregory and throws him off the, he, he's standing on a on a ledge there or something. And it, the, the building Negan is occupying with his men is very similar. Actually, I, I didn't think about this until I was reading it, t- rereading it today. It's very similar to Terminus in terms of construction, like sure. a big factory type building. So just imagine he's up on the roof or one of the balconies of Terminus uh, yeah. throwing Gregory off to, uh, to the zombies. Yeah. So at this point, uh, you know, after Gregory gets tossed off, Negan takes the first shot, and there's somebody standing right next to Rick that has his head pretty much blown apart. Uh, and at that point, Rick's crew starts to take, they take cover, they get behind their buses, uh, and then they start opening fire. Uh, and, and this is a really, uh, a really cool plan where what they decide to do is A, they're trying to take out the snipers because they know the snipers are going to be out of view. And so the, they assume they're, up, you know, in the behind the windows, so, and Negan snipers are kind of his main force. Like that's sure. kind of how he always gets the upper hand is just sniping you from a mile away. You didn't even know his guys were there. Yeah, sniping guns out of your hands, that kind of thing, just to prove how how badass they are. Um, so they they Rick's crew opens fire, glass everywhere, uh, noise everywhere, uh, and we find out that Rick isn't their th- their crew isn't really so intent on killing everybody as as much as you know because that would expose them number one but the main thing is just to make a ton of noise and to cause a big old ruckus and a disturbance uh which will draw the the a horde of walkers in and and put pressure on nagin's place and it it uh it's succeeding at first nagin doesn't understand what's going on uh and then once he realizes it uh, you know, he asks what they're doing, and then it's really cool because as soon as he asks that, the next page is this big double page spread from a fairly long distance, and we could see all these walkers headed towards uh, Nagin's position. And one of the things I really like that they do, particularly in All Out War, in, in both parts, not just the one we're reading tonight, but 
the swing of the upper hand is excellently done where one minute Rick has the upper hand and it's like, oh, that's a genius move, Rick. And then the next it's Negan does something where like, oh, crap, Rick is screwed. And, and back and forth. It's really, really well done in terms of who could possibly win and how and who's going to be screwed and how. I, I just really love this, uh, how, how they handle that in this particular uh, run of the comics. Yeah, absolutely. So Rick realizes, for for whatever reason, Negan kind of has a thing for him, and I'm sure it's it, he wants Rick alive so he can make sure that Rick understands the torture he's going to put everybody through and kill his family and his friends and keep him alive. So Rick kind of feels a bit of invincibility, or at least the point where he can he won't be killed instantly if he's captured. So his plan all along was shoot out all these windows, maybe take out a few of Negan's guys cause all this all this ruckus the walkers swarm the place and he plans on getting inside a vehicle and ramming the fence so that the walkers have an inlet um and he's about to do that when holly who was with abraham and after abraham was killed uh really didn't take it that well so she's she's kind of got a she's got a uh, thirst for vengeance exactly in a big way and so she goes up to rick and tries to convince rick uh, that she wants to be the one to do this. She wants to 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 get revenge on on. She wants to basically see Negan's face when she rams through that gate and realizes that that his world is about to come down upon him. And Rick, you know, basically says, "No, you can't do this. I have to be the one to do it." Like I said, because he knows that he won't he won't kill him. He'll 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 stay alive. Uh, so Maggie pretty much kicks Rick in the nuts, uh, drops him to the ground, Holly. gets in the. I'm sorry, Holly. Yeah, Holly kicks him in the kicks him in the nuts, gets in in the car, and hightails it for the fence. Uh, and she does exactly that. I mean, she she hits, you know, goes through, hits the fence, creates a big hole in it, uh, and of course, right on cue, in come the walkers. Uh, but before the walkers can get to her, Negan comes up to the car and pulls her out. Because, you know, obviously he wants, A, he has a different, he thinks this is Andrea. Uh, he thinks will, it's Rick's squeeze, yeah. He thinks exactly. it's the person Rick cares for. So. Yes, yes. And so he he definitely wants to keep her alive because he has, a, a you know, something else planned. Uh, so then we cut back to Rick's crew. Uh, Michonne is there wondering where he's at. Uh, Jesus mentions that, you know, that was part of the plan was, you know, he was going to ram the gate. So Michonne freaks out a little bit. Uh, and then we see that Rick uh, wasn't part of that plan and uh, comes up over the hill. Uh, then we get this crazy speech from Negan. Uh, I actually a... like this speech. <laughs> um, about how a man, uh, you know, where his true heart lies. Um, we can't say that. <laughs> In short, the PG version is the way to a man's heart is through his woman. Exactly. Uh, Okay. Just think of that in a very colorful manner, and you'll. you'll be... <laughs> Which is funny because the book is black and white. Yeah. So he's convinced that this is Andrea. He's convinced that it's the same woman that he saw up in the tower that that Rick ran to. It's you know that that that's who this is, um, and she's trying to convince him otherwise, and he doesn't believe her. Uh, and then he's finally able to uh, to convince him. And then once he realizes that, he he is beyond pissed. I mean. He realizes that uh, <laughs> that he's he's not he doesn't have quite the upper hand that he thought he had, uh, and then you know once he kind of comes to that uh, conclusion, 
we see again a cut to the outside, and even more walkers are swarming uh, Nagan's location. So we're back at the camp. Uh, Rick is is kind of uh, again they're kind of talking about what their what their plan is, um, and then we see that um, Shiva is able to to dine on the dead, uh, and apparently it doesn't affect her. So again, they kind of reiterate the fact that the animals can somehow eat the dead and they don't they're not affected by it which is kind of interesting but uh, um, so the two of them kind of have their their moment there Rick asked Michonne to go back to uh, to the community um, to kind of help out and make sure that Andrea and Rick are okay because he he feels like at this point that Nagan if he's able to get out and around that's the first place he's gonna go uh, so so Michonne, and, and Negan doesn't even really have to get out. He's got outposts outside sure. of his thing. If he can just get word to them, which we already know he's trying to do, right. then his snipers can go from those outposts and attack. Right. So at this point, Rick kind of gives another speech to the camp and says, okay, look, the walkers are going to keep Negan busy. He's got these outposts. He's cut off from the outposts. They can't be you know, refueled, resupplied, whatever. Now's our time to strike. So the groups are going to split up. Uh, Ezekiel's going to take a group. Rick's going to take a group. And they're going to take these down uh, one by one to kind of further decimate Nagin's army. Uh, then we cut back to, to Nagin's crew where uh, we're outside his compound. And it's just him and his crew just going through and taking out, you know, zombie after zombie after zombie. Uh, and, you know, they're like, you know, they got to take them all out. This is what they got to do, uh, and it's it's really cool. You know, he keeps telling them, you know, keep moving, keep moving, you know, don't quit. Uh, and then we get this again. I, I like the way that they use the page turn to kind of show at from time to time just how screwed they are, <laughs> um, whether it's Rick's crew or Nagin's crew, you know, whoever it is. Uh, so at the bottom of one page, you know, Nagin says no, f that, uh, and then we flip the page and it's. You know, it, it's Nagan and his crew almost being completely surrounded by zombies. I mean, there there's probably several thousand zombies that are uh, that are headed straight towards them, and they decided he he kind of reality sets in, and he realizes, look, we've got to we've got to back off. We got to get back inside because there's no way that our small crew here is going to be able to to take all these guys out. And then he goes on the craziest expletive rant uh, that I've probably seen him do in this book so far. <laughs> It's just every literally every other word is is the f bomb, and sometimes he strings uh, five or six flavors of that word in a row. It's pretty much how you order coffee here in Jersey. There's a lot of <laughs> modifiers with uh, ing, ickety, er, er, <laughs> ers, ers, yeah, <laughs> plurals. <Haunt. laughs> yeah. uh, so of course the the crew has Holly now. Uh, somebody named uh, named David comes in. Let's call him uh, Mr. Clean. Can we call him Mr. Clean? Yeah, Mr. Clean. That's a good. One. Uh, he's pretty much there to rape Holly. I mean, that that's pretty much what he's uh, what his what his intention is. Uh, so he comes in and and uh, starts to to cozy up to her, and Nagin comes in and asks, you know, what the hell is he doing? Uh, and you know, he 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 knows how Nagin feels about. Uh, uh, you know, basically about sexual assault, that it's it's not, you know, they just don't do that. It's not permitted. You know, they can do any sort of un other unspeakable things, but that's just not one of the things they do. 
Um, well, and this so, is also one of the moments where he actually uses logic and makes sense, you know, of, you know, once we get through all this, we got to live with these people. Right. You know, and I'm like, wait a second, two pages ago, this is the guy who's just cussing to cuss for cuss sakes. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where, as much as I might not like Negan for the way he conducts himself, there is a method to the madness he has, and he's not a sure. completely... Oh boy, unreasonable person in terms of everything that he wants to do. Everything he's doing is, for, you know, it's it's for the sake of power and because he can and however else you want to describe it. But in terms of the loose sense of morals you might, might want to apply, killing people is one thing. But yeah, sexual assault and like hurting kids and things of that nature, it's a it's on a different level for him that he's not one to embark on. Right. Which I can respect begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a period where Carl was basically his hostage for a few issues. Yes. Yeah. And they kind of got along swimmingly in a way, you know, because he's not going to hurt a child. Mm-hmm. He's got a code, even if he's a crazy, crazy person. Yeah. Where the governor was a complete opposite. I mean, he yes. would have probably raped Carl. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he had no compunction about morality, decency logic, you know, you name it. Uh, the, the governor was, had no morals, but had a front of having morals, right. whereas Negan has some morals, but he has a front of having no morals. It, uh, that Right, that is a great explanation. Perfectly put. Uh, so Negan decides that David needs to be stabbed in the neck. Uh, and so he does. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the end of this story, by the way. This, yes, is my the one, this yes. is my one art problem in this whole book, is this whole particular volume is you see the knife behind the guy's yes. throat and yes. then you cut to the other side and it's in front of his throat and then it's being pulled away. And I think it's the other way. I'm not looking at the exact page and at this moment, but the knife changes what side of the guy's head it's on from front to back. I as didn't it's even being moved catch left that to right. It's weird. Yeah. I, I it, did yeah. that too. I think it's meant to show that he stabbed, he literally stabs him in the middle of the neck. That's what I'm but, looking at right now. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't look that way. It, it looks like it's behind him and then in front of him. But well, it's it's in front of him. Then it's behind him as the cut's being made, and then he falls down on his front, and he doesn't have a cut in the back of his neck, and the blood's coming from the front of him. Right, but I think yeah, I think it, I think it's like in the dead center of his neck. I think he literally stabbed him in the middle of the neck. Oh, well, maybe. I, that's, I just that's, don't think it's. I'm looking wrong. at it right now. That's what I'm seeing. I can understand maybe if it, yeah, it's not necessarily at the. In terms of graphic detail, it's not the most visually dynamic of images. It's just more of like, here's a knife, here's a neck, and here's the reverse shot of that. But yeah, that's that's the implication I took away from it. Yeah. Ultimately, it, David is no more. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, he is Which, gone. <laughs> it, so we're standing, we're we're looking at this panel. David is on the ground, covered in blood. Uh, Holly is there with the, her shirt ripped open and her pants pulled down around her her knees. Uh, and Nagin says, I'm sorry you had to see that. I really want you to understand we're not monsters. <laughs> um, Whatever. And knowing, what's, and knowing what's to come, that's a pretty ballsy thing to say. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Gregory shows up back at the hilltop. He's uh, a resilient guy for yeah, being pushed off a, a yes. balcony into some zombies. He's yes. one of those minor characters that you're like, why can't? Why is this guy alive still? There's no way this guy should have lived. I really was surprised when I got to this page the first time I read it because I'm like, who is this guy? Because that can't be him because he's dead. Because I could have sworn he got eaten by zombies after Negan threw him off. 
but he's like Father fun. Gabriel on the show. Like, why won't you die already? Yeah. But yeah, he's he a guy. Up. <laughs> yeah. I got to go uh, soon, so let's get to this because I like this part actually quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Gregory shows back up. Uh, you, you know, a, a bunch of them uh, are are back. Uh, they walked. Um, uh, Maggie's asking if Nagin's dead. Uh, Gregory is, you know, confused that um, that uh, Maggie knew what was going on, um, and you know she's confused that Gregory doesn't know, and it's it's like they're all just kind of out of sorts. And Gregory feels like he's in the right. He was doing what he needed to do to make sure that he saved uh, the people of the hilltop and that they were in a in a in a good spot. And if Maggie we follow just, Rick, we're all gonna die. Right, and Maggie just goes off on him, uh, and basically says, "You're an idiot. You know, the only way, and, and a coward. That the only way that we're going to come out of this ahead is by going forward with Rick's plan, uh, and that, uh, you know, Nagin has to go down, and, um, you know, because he killed her husband, and she punches Gregory in the face, which is awesome. Uh, they kind of hold her back." And she just screams out to him, "My name is Maggie Green," uh, which is really awesome. There's and then this, she she gives this big old speech, which is great. Yes. Uh, yes. But then there's this mo- there's this moment, and I just love I would love to see the scene acted out because there's like Gregory's like kind of like cowering behind her after being hit, and he's like, well, "It's not exactly." And then Maggie's like, "Shut the f up before I hit you again." <laughs> yes. Like, that's, yes. I like I Instagrammed that panel because it made me laugh so much. It's like, <laughs> Be quiet, old man. I'm talking. Yes, the adults are talking. <laughs> yeah. uh, so she, anyway, she gives this rousing speech, and she says, "I believe in Rick Grimes," and it's a big double page spread to end the issue. And it seemed this is the one panel in the book where I was like, "The drawing on this just seems off." Like I don't know what it is. Her eyes are huge. Her eyes are huge, and the right side of her face—well, her left side of her face, I guess—as you're facing the panels, right side just looks off like i i don't know i i didn't it looks like she's having a stroke (laughs) yeah she's like one of the alien greys from x files but just playing human not to mention i mean there is way too wide of a gap between your eyes i just i i this can't be just the ink i mean that i think the pencils just were not good on this and i also wonder if this was even meant to be as big a spread as it was if it wasn't supposed to be a smaller panel or something i think it and then they blew it up i don't know I get no. I get what it's doing. I think I think it's exactly on point of why it's putting it this way. I mean, you have if you're at the center of this all-out war thing, and you have to put on some kind of meaning behind the idea of what this war is about and who who's really the one to support here. Having 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 Maggie Green, who's separate, who's tried to distance herself away from the man that's essentially that's somewhat responsible, who she could she could possibly consider as being responsible for her, her husband's death indirectly, having her stand up against the leader of this old other community, Gregory, and saying, I believe in Rick Grimes. That's, I mean, that's, that's something I see as powerful. I mean, she's going to give a rousing speech and end it off with something. I I can see why you'd have that as a full. Just don't put the page fold down one third of her face. Yeah. I mean that, that, even that didn't really bug me. It just was the, I I don't know, just the from a composition standpoint, I just, I just wasn't a fan of, of how this, this, uh, how this looked. Um, and again, maybe it's a factor of the compressed time frame, uh, you know, but given that this is a 130 page book or 120 something page book, and this is the only panel I really 
but the only page I really have an issue with. Uh, he's he's still uh, got a pretty good batting average there. Charlie Adler does. Uh, so we cut back to the well, community. Well, I, I gotta, I actually gotta take off now. Okay. Um, Sorry, man. No, it's all good. I was having fun talking about this. I like going over the comic every now. And then. I, I never get to go over the comic in the shows, so that's yeah fun. Before you go, Aaron, what are you talking about on uh, Out Now with Aaron and Abe this week for our listeners to check out? Actually, this week's episode, we are talking about the Oscar nominations. Uh, nice. nice. Yeah, we're going over the Oscar nominations. I believe last week's. Yeah, the, the Oscar, yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Abe and I have the, right. We have a new commentary coming out soon. I'll just reveal it now. We're talking about Taken this week, so we have an audio commentary for Taken coming soon, so that should be fun. We're recording that actually later on tonight. And, will uh, you Will you pledge to only speak in a voice of a Scottish man trying to sound American? Will, will you speak like this the entire time for, for no good particular reason? Well, well I can... we'll, do, we'll do phone call voice. He's Irish. <laughs> um, but... Irish, sorry. <laughs> sorry, yes, yes. I should know that. Yeah. Well, Aaron and Abe have a particular set of skills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Liam Neeson impersonations yeah. are amongst. Yeah, guys, I got to take off. All right. Yeah, thanks for, you know. Take care, man. Yeah. Have a good one, Aaron. Bye, Aaron. Good. And Aaron will be back with us for sure when, when The Walking Dead returns in two weeks now, uh, for now, the premiere. really quick before we move on, I was going to ask on that double-page spread one last thing. Is that Adler's signature down in the corner, or is that yep. Rathburn? It's, uh, it's Adler's. Okay. Yeah, it's Adler's. Charlie Adler, 13. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. So meanwhile, back at Rick's camp. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Uh, so Rick uh, is freaking out a little bit. He sees... Carl. Uh, uh, Carl. Why did I say Rick? <laughs> Carl is a bit freaked out because he sees the truck coming back. It's Michonne. He's concerned about his dad. Uh, I, and I love this look for Carl, by the way. The he's emo Carl? Eye. He's missing half of his face, so he's got just his, like hair covering it instead of wearing an eye patch or something he's mostly grown into the hat no sleeves covered in guns like he's finally yeah. getting there got a little meat on him yeah yeah this is almost like uh like tv show carl with the long hair you know the scraggly long hair yeah right about this point in the book there he's kind of the same age as tv show carl is yeah except yeah. for tv show carl doesn't have a gaping hole in his face that <laughs> not <is> true. yet <laughs> uh so Carl asks, you know, once he re- once he realizes that uh, his dad is okay, uh, he asks if they lost anyone. Uh, Michonne says, you know, they lost a couple from the kingdom, um, but we lost Hi- Holly. You know, Negan has her. Um, so then they have this real touching moment. This is this is again like a, almost like a TV show moment, like a TV show Michonne and Carl moment that they've started to kind of bond with. Uh, and he asked. Uh, uh, you know, she. Uh, Carl says everybody's scared, and Michonne says everybody, and Carl just kind of sheepishly says yeah, and so Michonne says good. I'd really be concerned, or I'd really be worried if that weren't the case. So, again, showing a lot more um, character and humanity with Michonne, uh, for sure. And then we get the montage, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, and so this, th- th- so this basically this issue, because that's I'm, I'm assuming that's where the issue break was. Uh, this is basically narrated by Ezekiel. So he is telling a story um, of of exactly what was going on. And so it starts off with this double-page spread, or a spread of Rick and his crew uh, kind of kind of on the run uh, and, you know, not a whole lot of dialogue on them. 
But we um, do lose Eric, which kind of sucks. Uh, Eric yes. and Aaron were a, a gay couple who lived in Rick's community. They're really awesome. And Eric gets shot. We get some nice moments with um, with Aaron later on as he yes. mourns uh, the death of Eric. But it just kind of sucks to lose him, particularly in a montage. Like, they do give him a moment. But it would have been nice if he got, you know, more of a spotlight there because he was a cool character. It's also interesting because, you know, Kirkman has said we should expect to see um, some characters from the comics appearing in the show very soon um, who are gay. And these are the only two gay characters I can think of, which means they're going to be showing up way earlier in the show than I would have expected. Yeah. And I get the sense from this page that they're running away, though, as they have successfully done taken out part of that outpost and this is just casualties as they're running away am i wrong i thought they were attacking because i mean jesus is firing in front of them well that's true i just once we get through this montage that ezekiel narrates i get the sense that rick's group was more successful whereas ezekiel's was. oh yeah yeah that's definitely the case okay yeah i mean and, and jesus is pretty hardcore i mean he he grabs one guy hostage to try and get in the door and the minute the door's open he shoots the guy he was holding hostage uh and they pretty much charge in uh you know military style and then we get a cool it's very we should also mention probably that they are using information they got from a guy named dwight yes who's one of negan's men but he's made it very clear to rick that i hate this guy and there's various reasons why um, but he hates Negan, he wants to work with Rick, and he's doing everything in his power to show Rick and his guys that he's trustworthy. So he's given them tons of information about these outposts and everything else that he can get to them um, to help them in their quest to overthrow Negan. And Dwight, is Dwight the dude with the scar? Dwight's the I think, didn't Negan take, like, a, you know, a flat iron to yeah, his face? Yeah, it was an iron yeah. they put up to his face because he was refusing to let Negan take his wife as one of his wives. Yeah, Negan might have a thing against rape, but he doesn't have a thing against forcibly coerce, uh, you know, using coercion to get what he wants in that same arena. Sure. So then we get this really cool, you know, after they raid this this compound. Again, this is a pretty huge, you know, quote unquote outpost. Uh, it looks like an almost like a maybe an old steel mill or some sort of old, you know, factory of some sort. Uh, and it's really cool because we cut to the outside and you can hear everything taking place on the inside as Ezekiel narrates, uh, you know, narrates what's going on. Uh, and, and again, Rick's, Rick's crew having a lot more success. And then, you know, I also kinda... like Rick's crew bursting in, looking like Captain America and the Howling Commandos. Exactly. In the first adventure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so what? again, we see, you know, we see that, we get four panels on this page. They're all pretty much identical. Uh, we hear gunfire, 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 and then silence. So again, it's kind of meant to show that Rick was able to successfully take over this outpost and, and they kind of got the upper hand. Uh, and then we cut back to, uh, to Ezekiel's crew where he starts to talk about, you know, what was going on with him. Uh, we see that Richard has been, has been taken out. Um, which is was kind of like we said earlier, Ezekiel's right hand man, uh, and he kind of he kind of mentions how, you know, he's never uh, he's he's never really led men into in, into battle before, uh, and uh, you know he he just he just isn't having such a good time. They kind of get routed at at this point. Uh, they all pretty much get split up. Uh, they're all separated. It's kind of like they realize that they have to fall back, and it's every man for himself at that point. Uh, so they go scrambling. 
Ezekiel runs off by uh, by a ditch. He falls in. Walker's about to get him. And this is, you know, as much as we kind of ragged on earlier about that panel with uh, with Charlie Adler uh, and his representation of Maggie, this like three quarter splash we get of the tiger coming at the Walker to save Ezekiel of Shiva it's awesome. is awesome. I mean, it is it is exquisitely rendered. Uh, Looks like a sports mascot. Yes. Yes. And can I uh, say that the outcome of this sequence bothered me and saddened me greatly, and it's an animal, not even a yeah. character. Yeah. Unfortunately, in in protecting uh, uh, Ezekiel, Shiva was not so lucky, and the the walkers pretty much overran her, uh, and 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 she was killed, which again really has Ezekiel tore up, and. That's when we cut over it to Ezekiel, and we find out this whole time he's he's been telling the story to Michonne, um, you know. And then we get like this three quarter splash uh, after the cutback, and it's it's just of Ezekiel's face, and it's again very very excellently rendered, very well. Uh, and done. you can tell the sadness and the pain on his face uh, from losing uh, losing her. So then we cut back to Rick, and they're kind of basically finishing off and cleaning up loose ends. And again, this is Rick take no prisoners, Rick. I mean, they are killing every last person at this outpost, piling up the bodies, and they're burning the whole thing. Burn it. Which is uh which is pretty crazy. Uh and then we get this cool I I really like this bit with Jesus and and Rick. This is almost kind of like a uh you know that minute or er- the, the that moment early early in the book when you know the we kind of hit when you know they were told you know we are the walking dead um but jesus asked rick you know do you think they're laughing at us and uh and rick says the saviors he's like i I hope not they'd be pretty stupid if they were laughing at us and jesus says no them and he points to the walkers um you know he 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 says you know if they could i know they would be they're always out there lurking around every corner just waiting to kill us and eat us so what do we do we will kill each other we're making it easier for them. Uh, so again, just kind of that that perspective to kind of bring it back to what you know what the problem with this world is, you know, from the very beginning. Rick checks in on Aaron, and he's not doing well. I mean, since Eric's you know death uh, hit him very hard, and uh, you know he basically says he's you know he's not going to be okay until every last one of them that, is dead. That panel on the bottom of that page, I, that is the best rendering of emotion I've ever seen out of a comic book panel. I mean, I get the rage, the fury, the sadness, the everything that's coming out of his eyes right there. It's just, that's an awesome panel. It really is. And that's why, even though it sucks that Eric dies in a montage, like, Aaron's reaction to it, particularly in that panel and and this particular page, is just, that, that brings it back. That's awesome. So we cut over to Michonne, who's getting up in the morning, uh, sees Ezekiel. He hasn't slept at all. Um, you know, and, and again, he's just kind of going on about all the people he's let down, everything that he's done wrong, uh, you know, you know, between Shiva, between Richard, you know, everything. And, you know, he led them all into the slaughter. You know, he doesn't think he can, he can do it. And he's just breaking down in a mess. Uh, and then right after the page turn, Michonne just clocks him right in the face. Uh, and he's like, what, what, you know, what's going on? And Michonne basically tells him he's got to man up. Like, I don't care if you're acting like a wussy, 
uh, and she didn't exactly say it that way. Um, but she said, you, she said, you do what you do best. You act like you aren't. Uh, and so that's like I said earlier, that's his whole thing is acting like he's this king, you know, so act like you are, you know, you don't have to be him. Just act like him. Yeah. So then we cut back to Andrea and Carl and they're kind of walking around. Now at the end of the, we get this, uh, this exchange between the two of them and Carl's, she says something about plans. And then Carl says, you know, like plans, like almost like, uh, uh, he's, he's being sarcastic. Yeah, plans. Yeah, plans. Because as we know from the show and the book, the best laid yeah and life best laid plans don't always go as as planned. Yeah. And right at that moment, when he's acting sullen, who should come through the gate but Rick? Yeah. There's a bit of dialogue here that I really liked. Where oh, it's the top of the the second page where Rick comes back and Carl says, "People were scared. People," Rick says should have a little more confidence in their father. <laughs> Carl, wasn't me, it was... You shouldn't have been gone so long. I just, I, I like that little exchange between father and son there. So after Carl and, and Rick speak, uh, Michonne shows up to speak to yeah, Rick. Yeah, and he basically says that um, that everything that happened with Ezekiel was pretty much a show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it went really bad. He lost Shiva, uh five guys came back everybody else pretty much uh died so it was it was not a good situation uh then we get this really cool moment again you know we've talked a lot about this about eric and aaron and th- these pages coming up this is where i don't know if maybe they had a uh the inking just seems a little different um it's a lot looser maybe they're just trying to really show that he's in a dark place figuratively and literally uh, so it, you know, again, if 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 the lighting were like this, the details would be a little sketchy to begin with. So Heath comes in to console Eric, and you know, just kind of let him, you know, just just to kind of, you know, just be there for, you know, be there for him as a friend. And then, so they kind of have a, a little bit of a moment there. Uh, we cut back to Rick, uh, and he's basically laying down to his head crew, you know, kind of his, I guess, his lieutenants. You'd probably say at this point, um, what's going on, and basically says, look, we're vulnerable right now. Uh, you know, because the because Ezekiel wasn't successful in his outpost attack, those guys most certainly had gone back to Nagan's crew. And between them working from the back, Nagan working from the front, they're pretty much going to be able to clear those walkers out really quick. Uh, and they're going to come here. Like, even though, uh, you know, they maybe felt, felt a little bit betrayed by the hilltop, uh, it, it's it's not that. He is pissed at Rick, and they are coming for them. So Jesus even agrees that, you know, Nagan is on his way and they need to be prepared. So in the middle of this speech, they hear uh, two gunshots uh, and Rick says, that's the signal. And he says, they're already here. So apparently somebody was supposed to keep on the lookout and let them know uh, that if somebody showed up, they were supposed to, you know, give them a warning shot. And at that moment, it almost looks like they're in a church uh, because it, it, it just the, the pews and then the, the windows and everything. I believe it was yeah. the church because isn't that where Gabriel is? Uh, yes, yes. Yep. Um, so at that moment, uh, the windows blow out in the church. Everybody just kind of ducks for cover, uh, and they need to head out. They head outside and they see that uh, the, the the you know there's an explosion. The outside of the building is on fire, um, and Rick goes to look at what's going on, and he sees Nagin on the top of a truck, 
uh, holding Lucille in one hand and a grenade in the other. And he's got more grenades on his belt. Yes. Yes. I couldn't help but think of, what's the evil Optimus Prime? Or uh, the gray Optimus Prime, if you will? I don't from, know. From uh, Transformers? Gray? There was another... Say again? Gray Optimus Prime? Yeah, there was a gray uh, tanker truck that was the same... Um, transformation as Optimus Prime, and who was kind of he wasn't he wasn't necessarily evil, but he was oftentimes fighting against Optimus. Hmm, I don't know. I don't remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I could look it up, but uh, it, that's what it reminded me of. A because it's grayscale, but also because it's the bad guy standing on the roof of a tractor trailer. Sure. And and the thing that's interesting here is I feel that the bat with the barbed wire is more dangerous than the grenade. Just because of how badass that thing has been throughout this book. Yeah. So, you know, Negan shows up uh, and he wants Rick to come out uh, so he can talk. Rick shows up at the gate and says, here I am. And uh, he says, let her go. And then we see somebody let go of Holly. She's got a bag on her head and a, a noose, a rope tied around her neck. And... You know, he asked if he gagged her, and they let her in the fence. Now, this played out differently than I thought. I thought what they did was they shoved a grenade in her mouth, <laughs> and I thought when they would pull that hood off, the grenade was going to go off. Oh, I was um, going to ask if I was the only one that saw what happens coming, because I figured it from the moment they started having her walk towards them. I knew something bad was going to happen. I didn't think she was going to be, as we'll see, she's dead, and they basically uh, uh, loosed a zombie on them to distract. I, I literally thought they were, she was going to have like a grenade in her mouth or something. Um, so this is Nemesis Prime was the name of that Transformer, by the way. Just, just in case inquiring minds wanted to know. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the zombie was a nice trick. I I kind of figured it was a zombie. But it could have been any number of things. It was sure. The clue was that she couldn't speak. Right, exactly, exactly. Or, or didn't speak. Right. So at that point, uh, Holly bites Denise, and Denise is kind of acting like their doctor, uh, you know, their, their, their medical person at this point. Um, I can't remember, was she an actual doctor before everything happened? or did she... I want to say she was like a nurse practitioner uh, or something. Somebody who yeah. knew enough. Yeah, yeah I think, but... think nurse practitioner is exactly, if, if I remember right. Yeah. So she's acting as their doctor. Uh, she gets bit, uh, and then Heath freaks out, yells for Denise. Uh, and at that moment, a grenade was thrown behind poor Heath. His left leg is completely blown off. Uh, the shock throws uh, you know, his glasses and everything off. Uh, and at that point, Negan realizes he's, he's on the offensive at this point, and they want to push. Uh, so Rick, Rick is kind of things are in a very, very much in disarray at this point. There's smoke everywhere. Uh, Denise looks around and sees that Heath is missing his leg and he's freaking out. Uh, Denise has been bit, uh, so she wants to do something about that. Rick realizes, like, look, we have to amputate your arm or you're going to turn. And Denise is like, no, we can't do that. I've got to help help Heath, and I need both my arms to do it. You know, if we don't stop the bleeding, he is going to die. Uh, so they get them up, they get them moved. Uh, at that point, we cut back to Rick and Andrea, uh, who hear all the commotion and start uh, start freaking out. Carl cut and over Andrea. To Carl and Andrea. Why do I keep saying that? <laughs> Man, get it straight. We cut over to Ezekiel and Michonne, 
and uh, they're running from their house because somebody lobbed a grenade on their roof. You know, and Ezekiel's like, well, you know, they'll run out eventually. Uh, but it sounds like his, uh, Negan is uh, packing uh, pretty deep on the on the grenades. Uh, and then we get the, the, the boss moment from Jesus uh, where he runs. He's looking for Rick. Uh, they don't know where he's at. He sees a grenade come over the fence. He jumps, catches the grenade midair, and throws that bad boy back over the fence uh, and blows up, uh, blows everybody up. Unfortunately, the NFL would not rule that as a catch. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so at that point, Dwight kind of sees the carnage that's around, uh, sees the, the one guy that's blown literally in half. Um, and, of course, because his face is burned, I love that he keeps having to put the eye drops in. Because uh, he has no eyelid on, yeah, that, on that side. Yeah, because he's got no eyelid. Uh, so they're all kind of freaking out as about what happened, and and Dwight says, "Yeah, pretty much was going to happen at least once, you know, that they throw one back." Uh, and he tells them to hold on to it longer before they throw it, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Wait, how long? <laughs> yeah, don't they go off after a few seconds? I didn't want to end up like Gary. I don't know, two seconds. Hold on to it for two seconds before throwing it. You know what? Never mind. And then he guns down <laughs> he, he the guys that he was working with. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> Uh, then Jesus, I don't have time for this nonsense. Yes, just die. Just die. Uh, so Jesus uh, pop, pops his head over the fence, looks down at Dwight, and he's like, uh, uh, you know, look, uh, here, I'm going to hand you all these grenades. I'll just tell uh, Negan that we were attacked. Um, and, you know, just, just tell Rick I'm doing what I can, that I'm on your side. Uh, you guys have to trust me. Uh and for a while, as readers, we were kind of like, can we trust White? Can we not tw- trust White? Is he out for himself? Is he really helping them? I think, I think, at least for me, at this point, it was where I was like, okay, uh, we can trust, trust White. You know, is, he's, he, yeah. is he really Harvey he's Dent in the wrong comic book? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, at this point, with all the chaos, Rick is freaking out a little bit, and he's concerned most about Andrea and Carl. Uh, Houses are on fire. Yeah. It's chaos. It's chaos. Dogs and cats sleeping together. Yes. Uh, So he says, you know, hey, everything on the perimeter is is basically lost. We need to retreat in. You know, we need to pull away from the perimeter and get in the inside because they can't, you know, they could could do this on the perimeter, but there's only so far you could throw a grenade. Um, So they start running back, and we see in the background, like, their fences are in in trouble. Uh, The houses are on fire. Uh, and at that moment, as they're running away, a grenade goes off near uh, Carl, uh, and it kind of blows the the force of the explosion blows them forward. Um, Rick freaks out, thinking Carl is hit, uh, and and it's cool. It's it's very. I can imagine if we ever get to this point in the in the TV show, it'll make for a really interesting uh, edit job because there's a lot of like uh, quick. Quick edits, as quick as you can, you know, convey in a comic book page, mind you. But a lot of quick edits where we see some action, and before we get full resolution to that action, we cut to someplace else, and then same thing happens there. So it's it's just a lot of like these quick cuts, almost like you know the the, the climax of a movie, you know, kind of like third act kind of thing. Um, so all this stuff is going on. Uh, we cut back to Negan, and he's just like loving it. I mean, he just, I love this scene. Yeah, I mean, he's just. Um, 
you using know, very colorful metaphors for how excited he is. Yes. And then one of his guys tries to play along and copy it and be like, oh, I'm cool too. Yeah. And he just can't do it. It's like a five-year-old trying to swear. Well, yeah, I like how he says... calls him out on it. I should maybe call it Lucille, wrap some barbed wire around it and call it Lucille too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a great Arrested Development joke. <laughs> yeah. So just as Nagin is kind of like, this this guy's a loser, uh, he gets shot in the head. <laughs> Not Negan, the guy who was Right, right, exactly. Him. The guy that's trying to play off cool. The loser. Uh, the loser, yeah. It kind of freaks Negan out at that point. Uh, they realize, okay, enough gawking. We probably should get behind some cover. Well, just gunfire starts coming out of nowhere, and we, right. even as the readers, aren't sure where it's coming from, so they pile into the truck. and uh, they, they they pile into the moving truck, which, by the way, I love is called uh, is Bust a Move Moving yes. Company. Yes, that's yeah. a very Kirkman uh, <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> Expect to see that in Invincible, but it still works here. Yes, yes. Uh, so they're anyway, they're just kind of lobbing grenades. Um, they're trying to get out of there. And we see behind uh, a piece of a broken uh, uh, wall, uh, uh, there's there's some people there, and we t- you know another page turn, and we see Maggie with a machine gun leading a crew from the hilltop, uh, and says no, looks you know because they they want to go after Nagin, and she's like nope, they need us here, uh, you know we we need to, you know we need to assess the damage and and just kind of fortify stuff up. We can't we can't go and go over them. Uh, go get them. Uh, and Maggie says, good God, how did it get this bad? Because uh, she's kind of, you know, looking behind beyond the fences and seeing how, how messed up everything is. Uh, we cut back to Carl, Rick, and Andrea. Uh, again, Carl's kind of out at this point. Rick's freaking out. He picks up Carl, runs into a house that isn't on fire. Uh, he's worried that he's burned. Um, he takes, he, oh, they find the house that uh, that Denise is in. Uh, she says Heath's going to live. She was able to patch him up, stop the bleeding. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Carl wakes up and says, you know, Dad, I'm okay. I'm not burned. You know, it just it just knocked me down, knocked the wind out of me. Um, uh, he tells him to stay here. He's going back after Andrea, says he's okay. They both turn, and up through the smoke uh, comes comes Maggie. And, uh, you know, she... You know, she said, with everything going on, I didn't think the hilltop was safe. I thought it'd be better if everyone was together. So, uh, they weren't exactly Now, the the multiple communities are now a united front in a united place. Right. Right. Which is how they should be anyway. Right. For dealing with what they're doing right now with this war. Yeah. But again, just this, this will be a really cool, you know, if they film this, this would be awesome to see, well, at this point it wouldn't be Andrea, but, you know, Rick and whoever... Uh, you know, just just sitting there, and then through the smoke, we see Maggie walking up out of the smoke. That would just be an awesome, awesome shot. With a Glenn who's still alive in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Rick says, you know, the hilltop. Are you in charge now? And she's like, Well, I guess, I guess I am. Uh, and at that moment, I guess through pure exhaustion, I'm assuming. Uh, uh, at this point, because uh, I, I actually have not read uh, Volume Twenty One, so uh, I don't—I'm not sure what's going on, but I will be reading it uh, very shortly. Um, so he—he, he, I'm assuming he just passes out from sheer exhaustion or whatever. I—I I, I can't tell that he's been injured. If I recall correctly, your assumption is correct. Yeah, he's just—it's—it's it's been yeah. a long day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so he passes out. I think too. It's like he realizes, okay, uh, Nagin is gone. We're past the worst of this. Maggie's here. Uh, okay, I'm. Uh, you know, I thought I lost Carl again. Uh, okay. Uh, so then we cut back to Negan and his crew. 
their truck had broke down. Uh, they're a little concerned, and Nagin's like, hey, you know, what are you guys concerned about? Do you hear any any fire trucks? Do you hear any sirens? Because I sure don't. You know, I don't I don't hear anything coming. Uh, and then he's feeling like they just won. Because the town is on fire. So yeah, as the long as there's on... smoke, right. they, they, fire will kill them, or at least push them out into the streets where they can be easily killed. Exactly, exactly. Because they're, you know, like I said, they don't have a fire department to stop uh, the fire. Oh, uh, but wait for part two. Yes. So it says, to be continued. Uh, and that's where we end volume 20. You haven't read volume 21 yet, Russ? I have not. Um, you need I, to not... reach out to our sponsor then and get volume 21. I have it. I've got it. Um, uh, no, I definitely I definitely have it. So just ignore the segue into our sponsor then. No, do not ignore <laughs> the segue into the sponsor uh, by, by any stretch. But yes, if you do like... Um, if you have liked our comic talk, if you want to get a leg up on volume 21, or if, if having you, uh, heard this episode has gotten you intrigued for volume 20, or if you're lapsed, um, head over to instocktrades.com. Uh, they've got the full slate of walking dead trades, uh, over there that you could pick up, uh, heavily discounted. Um, I believe it's cheaper than... Hold on a second. Let me try and put the, this up. The Walking Dead All Out War AP Edition, which has both Part One and Two, and it's uh, um, it's a special edition that collects the whole story arc, uh, as seen through artist Charlie Adler's raw pencils. Uh, so it's kind of seeing the story in a whole new way, and it's and it's normally uh, thirty five bucks. You can get it for twenty one dollars on DCBS or on In Stock Trades. Fantastic deal. Uh... So yeah, so over at In Stock Trades, you can get every volume of the Walking Dead trade paperback for eight ninety eight sixty nine. That's forty two percent off. Uh, so again, they're you know all at this point twenty two twenty three volumes. Uh, you can get over there uh, as well as the primary site, our main sponsor for the Walking Dead TV podcast, which is Discount Comic Book Service DCBService dot com. Uh, we're coming up towards the end of the month, so. You have a little bit of time left to get your order in uh, if you're listening to this in the first uh, even in the first week of uh, February you could still get your January order in they don't mind the late orders uh, if you need some changes or additions to your orders they're happy with that too um, you can get your books super cheap over there your comic books um, you know 25 30 40 percent off uh, occasionally they'll run specials uh, for 99 cents for for uh, first issues. Uh, and all of the new Marvel and DC trade paperbacks at uh, dcbservice.com are 50% off if you pre-order them through the previews catalog they have. Uh, I love the uh, Excel order form. That's what I like to use because uh, that way I could just total everything up and filter and sort and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, but they've revamped their website, too. It looks really sleek, really modern, um, a lot easier to use and to, and to get into. So... Again, as always, we thank uh, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, for their support of the Walking Dead TV podcast. And, Very cool. And, thank you. And face it, folks, you're going to buy comics anyway. Why not save money? Exactly. Exactly. So do we have anything else before we uh, sign off and get ready for the return of the Walking Dead, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm really hoping that we can pull it together 
maybe as you as we record this, not as you hear this, but as we record this, maybe even later this week or maybe next Sunday, um, if some of us are snowed in and have internet and electricity, uh, which is not me in 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 uh, 72 degree Texas, uh, but mainly speaking of uh, you, uh, Jordan, and and possibly Jim. Uh, I think Jim's outside the. Uh the sphere of the major storm that is hitting the northeast right now. True, true. Because um, it's it's only really getting just into Philly, gotcha. as far as Pennsylvania goes. Gotcha. Yeah, he's a little he's a little bit further west than that. Yeah, by by you know six hours. Or yeah. So. Um, but maybe we can get. I would like to get uh, volume twenty one, All Out War Part Two, in before we come back uh, to the premiere episode of uh, season five B or the second half of season five or however you want to call it. I agree. Uh, we're, we're two weeks away from that at this point. Uh, we should be able to get that done. Um, this has been something I've been talking about for a while, but it would be a nice little segue to get us back into the show. Uh, and then we'll be full tilt uh, for the next eight weeks after that. Uh, yeah, I'm in to record any time because I'm ready. Let's do it now. Oh, wait, Russ, you haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet, <laughs> so we can't, yeah, we, can't, we can't play two, as, as the late, great Ernie Banks would say. Oh, that was a sad moment this week. It was. It was very sad. Uh, I take it this is a sports thing? Yes. Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks, uh, recently passed away. Uh, Yeah. 83 years old and awesome, awesome Cub. My brother, my niece, and my sister-in-law met him in a restaurant downtown uh, Chicago last April. Uh, when we're up there and uh, actually got their picture taken and got to sit and talk with them for for a while. Uh, Just a heck of a nice guy. Anyway, this isn't sports talk. This is the Walking Dead (laughs) TV podcast. Well, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail about either the Cubs or your thoughts about this volume, maybe you read along with us, maybe you were inspired to check it out. Go Cubby! You can do so at 972-798-3830. That's 972-798-3830. Or you can send us an email with WDTV at HHWLOD.com. Don't forget to check out HHWLOD.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, The Long Box of Doom, The Black Box, Out Now. It's all connected. The DCTV podcast, if it's nerdy, if it's out there, we're probably discussing it on two or three shows. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at HHWLOD underscore network. And so until there's no more room in hell in the dead walk the earth, remember, I believe in Rick Grimes. Yay. Yay. Have a good week, everybody. Good night. So you think I'm alone? I'm just looking at the Nemesis Prime Transformers wiki page, and I love the the two sentences that start the article. Nemesis Prime is a dark mirror of Optimus Prime, a clone of the Autobot leader imbued with many of his abilities but lacking all moral restraint. He also hates Christmas.